You think we're too old already? Too old? What do you mean? <laughs> do you think that we've reached a point in our lives here at the grand age of 27 that we've just become 60-year-old shut-ins that enjoy doing absolutely nothing? Um, no, because our lives are very active beyond that. Like, yes, we may come in and sleep on the couch, but there have been nights when we go out and stay out until two o'clock in the morning. Well, that's what I I'm mean, saying. we just went to, we just went to a concert that's after spending all day, damn day out. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather be active for the exciting parts of our life, not the boring everyday day stuff. You are right. I am exhausted all the time. So much work that has to be done. And it's the shame. It's kind of like when you see a, you know, six-year-old in a red-hot Ferrari and you're like, boy, don't you feel like you're a little too old to enjoy that there, buddy? As I, you know, start to sound ageist even to my own mind and perhaps this argument is failing and fleeting and we're rapidly devolving into rants. Just a bit. Welcome to Married to the Idea, where we're trying out a new kind of opening. Well, yeah, well, you just took our Talk Blindly opening and did that, too. Because this isn't our opening. No. Our opening is He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Yeah, there you that. go. You're awake. Yay! We are awake. We're recording this in the morning. One of our first in a long time that we're recording in the morning, full of piss and vinegar, ready to take on the day. And boy, are we ready to take on the day with today's category. So how do you want to go about this? I think we should open up with why this is important, and then talk about how the films are important. Okay. All right. So... The Oscar nominations have come out. Yeah, because we're going to be so original, and we're going to be the only podcast no, we're not that doing... talks about the Oscar nominations. You know, Aaron, it's the sincerest form of flattery, that. But <laughs> no, I am talking about the animated movies, which I feel this year especially, we are completely qualified to discuss. Yeah, we've seen... Uh, we've seen... We've seen over half of them, yeah. which is rare. Not <laughs> yeah. only that, we saw over half of them that aren't the big name, been in theater forever's all the money films. We saw the good ones. We saw all the good films this year. Yeah, it's it's really strange because like typically whenever like the uh, the Oscar nominations come out, like I recognize one or two movies at the most. And truth be told, like even for just Best Picture, like I recognize at least half of them. And I'm really surprised. Thanks again, MoviePass. MoviePass, yes. getting you to see all the movies for none of the monies. MoviePass, we are so open for a sponsorship. You have no <laughs> idea. We are going to talk about two of the films on the best animated picture nod list. Because we already talked about one of them. Yeah. Coco. Which... Unfortunately, as Wikipedia wants to say today, yeah. a month before the actual Oscars have happened, oh, 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 a month well, and weeks, mo- yeah, month and weeks, that they want to say that Coco has already won. It's it's in the books. It's yeah, canon. Of I, course, a Disney Pixar film is gonna win. Like, so I, I think it's a mis- I think it's just a, a, a mistake or like someone accidentally checked the box that they shouldn't have. And it's we are gonna pretend that it isn't going to, even though it probably will, because yeah. for the last nine of the last ten years. A Disney Pixar film has won. But going back and looking at the uh, the uh, older nominations and older wins, Disney wasn't as um, sweeping of the the uh, the animated feature award as I thought they were since the beginning. Like I thought they've been winning it basically since day one. But, here's but in reality, the Im- they've only they've only really recently been like. But here's Alabama. the important <laughs> here's the important part, Aaron. A little history: the animated picture 
category did not exist until 2001 with Shrek winning the first one. And there were only three movies in the category at that time. When you say not the whole time, nine out of the last ten means that for half of this award's life, mm-hmm. they have won. Oh, yeah. Even no. more so because yeah, it wasn't, I, I this is just consecutive, not even before that when it was just winning movies non-consecutively. Well, like, and they created this for Disney in a way, too, <laughs> because Beauty and the Beast was nominated way back in the 90s. It took them 10 years to figure out that maybe animated movies deserve their own category after I'm pretty that. sure, and you know, I've not done the research on this part, but I'm pretty sure another movie came up and, like, they felt felt really terrible about not even, like, really even considering it, even though it was nominated, really considering it for the win. It was just like, oh, we'll consider it, but we'll not actually get it to win. It's like, oh, let's just create their own damn category. No, not till 2010 when both Up and Toy Story 3 were nominated for Best Picture overall, not winning that category, but that was, since Beauty and the Beast, the most recent time that an animated movie has been uh, nominated for Best picture overall and that means that even including the animated category they still went above and beyond that uh i don't agree with that up i i'm I, here's my unpopular opinion I, up is not as good as people think it is i it's not bad it's not like a terrible movie it's not the worst pixar movie up's first 20 minutes are what people i think remember most and then you forget that there's a plot with talking dogs flying little biplanes and a yeah. boy and a bird Walking through the jungle, like it. It's funny. It has heart, but it's not. uh, My my opinion is that up is not as good as everyone thinks it is. I kind of wish. I don't know what I would give up. I don't think I would give up those first twenty minutes for a new up. But I kind of wanted to have that expanded and actually see Carl and Ellie go on adventures. Yeah, like, I I feel like they did that to get an emotional reaction out of people. They absolutely did, and there's a very, there's a huge dearth, I kind of feel like, of married people doing adventurous things. Except for The Incredibles. Except for The Incredibles as a family unit. No, I agree, and that's why... Which, actually, apparently the plot is, like, how the first one was about him going off kind of on his own and doing things, and then, you know, then doing stuff with his family. Apparently the second one's going to be more about... um, Elastigirl kind of or uh, Elastawoman uh, kind of going off and doing stuff on her own so it's kind of a little bit more woman power but that's that's what I don't like if I could tangent for like a quick second in our very limited time I don't like that we have a family unit or we have a husband and wife what do we do to elicit emotional conflict have one of them leave well that's unfortunately that's the whole point that's that's drama in a nutshell it's like well no, okay no, here's no, something no, no. that's we fairly live. stable so let's make it unstable in we some live ways. a married life and we have drama I, without ever leaving aspect, each other I'm saying in the aspect of drama in the aspect of storytelling is you find a way to take this something that's stable and make it unstable and have the characters get through it. it is I'm now not saying my, this right, I'm saying that's what it's for. It is now my mission for my next no- novel to have a married couple go do things together do without ever splitting up or being a, oh, you cheated on me subplot. Oh my goodness, it looked like you kissed that woman. I'm totally mad at you now. Yeah. Okay, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about 
two really good movies that got nominated for Best Animated Picture. And one snub. And one snub. Let's get into it. First, let's talk Breadwinners. Breadwinners. Man, I remember in being in the theater and seeing this preview with you, and you immediately turned around and were like, we're watching that. Again, thank you to MoviePass. Thank you, MoviePass. Yes. These, this is the kind of movie that if you didn't have MoviePass, you'd be, that looks interesting. I don't know if I have the time or the money to go see it, which is... I think the greatest shame of any movie, a lot of movies that I see trailers for, we haven't seen Darkest Hour. Who doesn't want to see Gary Oldman get up in old man makeup? Well, I mean, yeah, Gary Gold, uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Goldman. Gary Goldman. Related to Gary Goldfish. Yeah. Gary Oldman in, um, in The Darkest Hour. I mean, you remember how, like, everyone was campaigning for, uh... Leo to get an Oscar. That's what this is. Yeah, he's now it's trying to get Gary Oldman. Leonardo DiCaprio did so many better roles in The Revenant, but they just had to give him something eventually. Though I have to admit, I've heard a lot of great things about him as Winston Churchill. So, uh, oh, I agree, Gary Oldman. So that's why I think that the animated movie this year's animated movie list is really important because it features films from different perspectives that aren't. Oscar bait. I'm really tired of Oscar bait being thrown around because yeah. I like historical dramas. I don't like that they come out this time of year every year just hoping for that. I don't like that Les Mis threw in an original song to try and get Oscar nods. Well, and it was like the the Denzel Washington that he actually got nominated for. Like, I, I feel like it's an actual movie, but I feel it's Oscar bait. Yeah. And, you know, there's so Full many... Full of those... historical inaccuracies, just like The Post got nominated for a lot. Guys, there's a lot of historical inaccuracies with the, the Greatest post. Showman had a, had a ton of well, historical inaccuracies. I will we're say, gonna go that far. I will say, the Greatest Showman never intended to be a realistic depiction. It never says, "Hey, based on a true story." It's literally just saying, "There's this guy named P.T. Barnum, and he had a dream." Like they never try to say, "This is what happened," and I think he would prefer it that way. But they do try to say, "This is me," ha! nominated for Best Original Song. So, breadwinners. Breadwinners tells the story of a young girl and her family. Uh, they are very poor. Uh, the father lost his leg long ago, and they're just trying to make their living. And the father is taken away, and it is up to this family to survive, which they eventually do by the young girl cutting off her hair and going through life as a boy to provide for her family. That is the broad strokes, guys. I am not going to ruin anything further than this for yeah, you. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's so many other deeper elements um, in this that you don't understand at first, and then as the movie continues on, that you definitely are like, oh. There uh, are themes of, like, oh my gosh, there's too many like, to talk about. There are themes of religion, it's, themes it's, of culture, and there's themes not even of like feminism. A, yeah, but there's not even like a, a, a gender identity thing where no. like, oh my god, I'm actually a boy. It's No, it's not even anything with that. Because um, I know sometimes people get turned off with that, but no, there's nothing even to, close to that. The, the way I think it works is that it focuses on this personal little family story. Yeah. The tragedy that befalls them are systematic of a larger societal ill, but you make it about them and suddenly it becomes much more personal, important, more unfair. And no character is truly evil, even the really evil character, eventually gets shipped off to war to eventually die. Not that we know that he dies, but it just feels like, yeah, he can be a, a you know a jerk, but in the end he's a 16-year-old kid who's about to go fight for Allah, and he is not gonna make it, guys, because this is war. And Yeah, and it's, it, it's a very um, interesting 
point of view for it too. And there's another element to this whole thing that oh yeah that like it there's almost it's almost like a side story and it's it very and that there that way is more of a kind of a 3D almost kind of puppetry to, uh, look to it. And that in itself is still really cool. And and then it has deeper elements to it as it goes along. Yeah, I so. love animated movies that take us have two styles within them that are married to each other. Yeah. It's kind of like how you have beautiful painted back uh, <laughs> beautiful painted backgrounds in Disney movies and then your animated characters on front or Hayao Miyazaki. Um, any anime movie watercolor, like that. Wa- like just beautiful 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 watercolor backgrounds and settings and like and then a person. <laughs> this one you've got 2D animation at, there were definitely some 3D visual effects for certain parts and then they yeah. have this cut paper puppetry sort of animation style very um not uh, Corpse Bride, but very uh, stop motion Kubo two strings sort of vibe. Yeah, well, more flat than uh, than typical stop motion. More like a, almost like a Paper Mario type look, or something where it's more flat on the 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 like it has layers and stuff like yeah. that. But it's almost like flat layers. I have never been more terrified than in this movie for these characters. Yeah, I I remember I I, I know that feeling. I remember at one point near the end, I'm like, oh my god, everything's going to hell. They do it. They, they actually, that was what I really liked. As the climax nears, they ramp up each of these three storylines. They have the main girl storyline. Uh, they have the mother and the rest of her family storyline and the story that she's telling storyline all ramping up yeah. in succession to the end of this storm and gunfire and lightning and all this and fire. And it's so intense and you don't think anyone is going to make it out. It's It's so emotional it and you feel it with every every time even every time it switches through the three stories they all somehow kind of work together because like the story that she's telling is more super story more extraordinary it's it's bigger than life type thing her even the story that she is currently working through could still slightly be bigger than life Whereas the the other the third story is more based in reality, a little bit more grounded. But all three of them, the way they all converge, it's like holy hell! Mm-hmm. All of them. This movie was, uh, I think, I can't confirm. I think got more recognition than other films that have tried this, like Persepolis. Because yeah. it had the backing of Angelina Jolie. Yeah, she was a producer. Yes. Yeah, she was just a producer. She didn't have... No, no. Yeah, if you have a problem with her, that's... it. it you can have any opinion you want about the person, but I think the importance is that her, her celebrity brought this film to light, and it's an impactful film, regardless of that connotation. It's just... Gl- I'm just glad to see it get a wider viewing, wider release. I can't recall yeah. the last time that I saw a foreign foreign, I use air quotes, foreign film on the animated list and said, oh, I saw that one. I know that one. Yeah, like, we go back and we look through and, like, Persopolis, uh, I, I always mispronounce that name, name, uh, Persopolis and uh, Secret of Kells, uh, Spirited Away, um, Howl's Moving Castle, they've all, like, been 
there, but I don't think I watched them at that point in time. Now, granted, you and I weren't as discerning of uh, cinema goers back then uh, as we are now. Thanks, movie pass. Thank you, movie pass. Well, and then also Miyazaki, because if you're a roommate, Jenny, shout out to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Yeah, we actually just went to see My Neighbor Totoro. <laughs> yeah, we, we, were, uh, we were in Asheville over the weekend uh, for our anniversary, and we got to see uh, an Asheville Brewing Company. They, they put on a full movie, and it's so neat. If you live in the Knoxville area um, and have never been to Asheville or uh, have been to Asheville but have never been to Asheville Brewing Company, check it out. They do both adult movies and kid kind of family-friendly movies. Yeah, but it was either this or Blade Runner 2049. I've heard so many things, things about that movie that I didn't feel comfortable about watching it. Well, and like, plus we've not seen the first Blade Runner either. That's going to be... Very true, That's yeah. going to be an episode later on. So don't worry, Will. Oh, we'll, we'll watch Blade Runner Yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry in advance, Will, because I'm going to have some harsh things to say about Harrison Ford. Yeah, more than likely. Um, so, this movie has a significance that is just... Is beyond the movie itself. And as two suburban white kids, you know, from middle, upper middle class to middle, true middle class, you know, we are not exposed to that kind of stuff every day. We choose to expose ourselves to that, like in the movies and then like watching news and stuff like that. But neither of us have that kind of experience. Um, I would say the closest is that your brothers are from Haiti, but. Even then, that's a completely different world from um, Afghanistan or Iraq. There are different cultural laws taking place in the Middle East. Laws that you think about, but then you see them enacted here. And again, very important. Not preachy. Not pushing an agenda. Not saying, look what they're doing. Isn't this wrong? Like here in good old America. There's no American influence anywhere in this entire film. Mm -mm. We never even hear about that. Uh, we do know that they are present because there's a war going on, obviously. But the idea behind it is that there are rules in this country that make life very hard for a very certain group of people. And if you are a woman, you kind of know who that group of people is. So, and it's it's very obvious, and it. And yeah, and I have to agree. Like I thought it was going to get a little preachy, a little like, oh, why can't women have the same rights? And it's just it doesn't push that it shows it it uh you know puts it on display show don't tell exactly it shows it for young girls for older girls for mothers it's really really sad i will say i cried a lot but you will be okay yeah you will be okay it, it's a bit of a not harrowing but it, it will hollow you out a little bit definitely so just... not for kids which is why i appreciate the animated movie category because this more and more, more and more, it is important to remember that animated films are not just for children. Yeah, at this point, whenever they're like, oh, it's an animated film, fuck you. It's an art form. You can't say that anymore. Jack Whitehall, one of, a, a comedian that we both love, had a whole bit about how he loved, that he said he loved The Lion King. And like some snooty woman was like, oh. The Lion King? That's a children's film. <laughs> it's Shakespeare with animals! Like, it was, like, I, I cannot do it justice, because he's hilarious. Um, and he has a British accent. And he has a British accent. But um, maybe I'll maybe I'll throw that on the, the comment or something like that. Breadwinners. Beautiful. Do you want to give it a quick rating? Oh, five out of five. Oh, I would say four out of five. <laughs> I'm going to give all of these five out of five. I'm sorry to tell you, babe. I'm too hyped up. <laughs> 
All right, well, definitely we... go see Breadwinners if you have not already. It is definitely worth price of admission. It'll make you think about things. It'll make you question things. It'll make It'll you make feel you things. feel. Yep, make you feel. Second movie, Loving, Loving Vincent. Vincent. Ah! I ah! remember seeing all like the ah! BuzzFeed, all the snackable videos about this movie, and I was like, I've got to watch this movie now because it's not only going to be watching the movie and watching for the story it's also going to be an experience Aaron was Loving Vincent our first movie pass movie no my first movie pass movie was it oh cause that's right I didn't go to see it cause I'm a little wimp no my first movie pass movie was Loving Vincent I don't think it was but it, it was certainly one of the first like one I of the knew first three nothing about this going in except for that trailer here's here's the reason why you should watch Loving Vincent every single moment of that movie is an oil painting. Painting. Animated movie done entirely through oil works. And you think to yourself, boy, you know, that isn't so, you know, that's not so hard. It's not so... (laughs) If you think that animating 60 cells to get one second of film for an animated movie is hard, imagine having to make an entire oil painting for every nanosecond of a film. I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of paintings they had to make to make this movie. It, it, it is such a high number. It's in the it's in the hundred thousands. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculously high. And Please forgive me. I have been informed that Thor Ragnarok was my first movie pass But movie. it was, it was, it was Which definitely, was also good. it was definitely in the top, in the first three that you, that you got to watch. But so the only thing that I can equate this to is there, one of my favorite graphic novels of all time, of course it's Bat, a Batman movie or a Batman one, but uh, one of my favorite graphic novels of all time is Batman or it's, I think it's just called Arkham Asylum or Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Now, the video game, Batman Arkham Asylum, fun, uh, is also fun, but it's different from the two. However, I am fairly certain they took they took influences out of that graphic novel. How so? They're, um, well, it's been so long since the uh, the uh, video games come out, I don't, I don't mind about doing spoilers. There is oh, a... Oh, I thought you meant you were connecting... Arkham Asylum, the graphic novel, to Loving Vincent. God no! Like Loving Vincent. No, took but there, there is, there cues. is, there is a small, there is a small connection. The what's the connection? The connection, what, which I'm trying to get to, is saying that um, the graphic novel itself, every panel that you see, is a different piece of artwork. Now, in the, that the thing for most graphic novels, no, it's not in the same way because typically people will do a page at a time or they will do a panel at a time. But I don't mean they'll do a panel at the size. I mean they made a piece of art that's for each panel and then sized it down. Yeah, I definitely get that here. It's wonderful because even if you aren't a Vincent Van Gogh enthusiast, you will note at certain points there are shots that are recreations. Of his paintings. They worked in 20 or so of his life's works into the piece. The room where he wakes up in the bar where they first go in. The man outside the bar. The cafe with the blues and the yellows. So at one point there's just two characters sitting and one's kind of looking at the other one. And then that's a painting. And it's there's like every so often it'll be not necessarily still shot. But it's still enough you're like that's a painting. That's a Like, if they were That's doing it in live action, it'd be where they'd pause the camera to be like, hey, you get this? You get this? All right, we're <laughs> nudge, moving nudge, on. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It is so 
gorgeous. I could not get over just watching the brush strokes because every oh every God. blink, every second is being painted before your eyes. It's like those wonderful time lapse videos where you see them them um you know, walk a cartoon character across a chalk top and then it gets over a balloon and you see the erasure marks from before and you see yep. the new ones happening. That kind of hurried uh, animation. Yeah, hurried it's got a motion. It's got a frenzy to it. There is no, when you say still image, it's never just a still image. They're yeah. continuously painting that still image. Exactly. Um, and how they did the human characters and everything like that is they did the rotoscope, which you get that feeling every so often. Um, it reminds me of uh, a scanner darkly with Keanu Reeves. I get you. That which is one of the more famous of the rotosco- rotoscoped movies in the last few years. In the last say 10-15 years, there have been other ones, but that's probably the more famous one that I know of. I'm glad they did that. I'm glad that they had actual film somewhere because the yeah. same thing happened for old Disney movies. They would film Snow White singing at the well. They would film Sleeping Beauty walking around, and then they would use that. To animate. Yeah. It, rotoscoping is uh, a technique that I find, if used correctly, is really enjoyable, and if not, at great detriment. I really enjoy seeing it here. I don't enjoy seeing it in commercials, but I really like yeah. seeing it here where they use these actual actors. They look like the actors. They look Yeah, they like... both look... And that's the thing, too, is they actually have the balance of they look like the actors and they look like the original paintings. I love that the actor Chris O'Dowd... Chris O'Dowd is in it, who, um, he, you would probably know him from either Brides, or that most people would know him, rather not you, the listener who's currently listening to this. Because uh, you're sexy and intelligent. Uh, yes, you are. Um, uh, you, the general, you, the, the, uh, uh, the general populace would know him from either Bridesmaids as the, the cop, uh, that the main character goes for, uh, or, um, Gulliver's Travels as the kind of turncoat guy. And uh, Moon Boy is how we know him. Moon, well, I, or, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his most famous role, IT Crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's sorry. a really famous one. Have you tried turning it on and off again? Yes. He. If you've not watched IT Crowd, first off, go watch IT Crowd. It's awesome. It's funny as hell. It's on Netflix, too. It's very small. There's only like two or three seasons. Um, it didn't get as much of a following as it should have. Um, but the... The Moon Boy is a Hulu exclusive, and I'm pretty sure the show's done. They didn't do a proper ending, but the show's done. That's a shame. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And it's one of those shows that can say that I was watching it and enjoyed it before it got canceled. Not, I was planning on watching that, and then it got canceled. Yeah. I do. Um, we have not talked at all about the plot. The plot is almost irrelevant compared to the yeah. amazingness well, of the animation. That's the thing. It's like, the, the, it almost is separate, because the... That's what I was saying. Is like, I want to go and watch this for the story that they have. Because I thought it was going to be some sort of documentary or something like that. No, it's an actual story. They actually have a story. Um, a guy is tasked of delivering a letter um, from... Vincent, Vincent to, to his, his brother. brother. Which then, the brother is actually... Has passed away at this point as well. Um, but they're trying... But when he, as he's trying to deliver the letter... He comes to figure out that there may be some suspicious activity and about why, how Vincent died. Yeah, they think that maybe he didn't actually kill himself. So that's the great mystery of a movie like this, talking about a subject from so far back, where the records may have not always lined up, and you wonder in those gaps what was really going on. <laughs> yeah, and it it does it well. There's a couple points where I'm just like, oh, I see where you're going with this. Okay, just. Get on with it. But that's the thing. is, is Even with those, I knew... Like, 
when I didn't realize that there was an actual story to it, I thought it was just going to be some sort of documentary um, or some sort of weird slice of life thing. Uh, I was like, I still want to go and experience it. It's like going, it was almost like going to a circus or going to like, or the Cirque du Soleil or something like that. You may not fully understand what's going on, but you're going to enjoy the experience. Yeah. I definitely think that this movie is worth seeing for the technical accomplishment of it. If you're looking at for the art of animation, this is that taking to the extreme level where every instant on screen is an actual work of art. I can't even imagine. If they were selling one of the paintings from this movie, you have no idea how quickly I would jump on that. Oh my god. And that's the thing, too, is I have no idea... What do you mean? You look into that, see, like, what they... What are you doing with those? Yeah, what... what, I'm sure they're... they're, I'm sure, like, a a certain amount or certain frames are going to be archived or something like that, but... If you are an art fan, you've probably already seen this. If you... Are a Doctor Who fan? You've probably already seen this. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's a fun. Oh, and it's it's funny too because um, we went and saw this with a couple of friends. Shout out to Michael and Allie. Uh, that and we were like immediately after I looked at Allie, who's a who's a Whovian as well. And I'm like, we have to go watch the Vincent episode, uh, Vincent Van Gogh episode. She's like, yes, we do. And we we came home and immediately watched that episode. Yeah. And Liz had never seen that episode. Never seen it. And once you get past the stupid Amy Pond crap, it's <laughs> it is probably one of the most heartfelt and beautifully done episodes. I really enjoyed it. Not as much as I enjoyed Loving Vincent. God, that's no. exactly what I said by the end. I'm like, yeah. that was good. Not as good as Loving Vincent. No, Loving Vincent is. Handles the 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 idea of Vincent Van Gogh in a much stronger way. I appreciate There's... the track they took. I'm not even sure if this is like what happened in real life. That they use this outsider with this father that he has this relationship with that's a little strained, who doesn't know what he's doing with his life, to then go deliver this letter from a dead man to a dead man and learn more yeah. about that. The outsider's opinion is what makes it so cool to watch the story of Vincent's life as opposed to it from Vincent's perspective. He he knew Vincent in the in his life, but he wasn't... like His father is like dear friends, but like he was like maybe that weird guy that my dad hung out with type thing. Yeah. Um, and... And it, it, you're you're right though. It's it's because you're an outsider, so you're watching another outsider's perspective, and you get to see him like come to appreciate Vincent as well. So it's oh my goodness, it is such a it is a beautifully well done movie. Uh, it, it moves you. Yeah, I'd also like to say well done, Aaron. Even though we still have one more movie to discuss, we've only just now hit the thirty minute mark. I know we've been very concise. I'm very proud of us. All right, five out of five for loving Vincent. Uh three point five. Okay, so finally, we're gonna quick talk about the outrage of what did get nominated and what should have been nominated in its place. The Oscar. We. I. I don't know if we've ever. No, we've never we talked had about planned this. About we had planned on doing. The movie, Wanting, Loving Vincent and Breadwinners, yeah. talking about that way before the Oscar nominations came out. This is not a, oh, look, we have to talk about it now. We had planned and planned that this week we would talk about that. So now to have the Oscar nods come out the exact same time, we woke up this morning, saw it, and said we can't not we, do like, it we, right we, now. We scrambled, we're like, all right, let's make this happen. So, right now. So with doing that, though, there were other nominations. Of course, <gasps> Coco got nominated, and apparently the, the Wikipedia, Wikipedia is, thinks it's is already saying won. that it's going to win. Um, but the, the other two nominations, <clears throat> okay, so we, we've not talked about the Oscars yet 
on this on our show. Not on even this a podcast. little bit because we we haven't even discussed it because we've not award been, shows yeah. for the elite are black. No, we did because we kept saying, "Are we going to talk about Shape of Water?" And every time we've said no because it's great, and yes. you should go watch it. Thirteen See, nominations. Every single one deserved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Best picture, best director, best lead actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress. Uh, I think costume co- costume design, technical design, every almost any Sound. category. Sound, gosh, yes. Score, yeah. yeah. It's all worthwhile. Everything worthwhile. So um, I have no idea what if, if it's going to win or what it's going to win or anything like that. I'm just happy that it got nominated because it deserves every single nomination. I think it should win. I'm calling right now 13 billboards. It's going to win. Three Bell. billboards is going to win. Yeah, it's, that's probably going to win Best Picture. Guillermo may win Best Director again. Um, I kind of hope she wins Best Actress because my very quick impression, she was the most deserving of it. And I hope, I don't think Octavia Spencer should win Best Supporting Actress. Not that she did a bad job. Octavia Spencer should win every award she's ever up for, case closed. <laughs> Not that I don't think that she de- deserves it, uh, but I think I saw another one who deserved it more. Um, but Richard Jenkins as Best Supporting Actor absolutely de- deserves it. He yeah. was a treasure. So, Shape of Water is amazing. Go see it. Deserves any award that it gets. Okay, so now, <laughs> the Oscars are rigged. In some way, shape, or form, they are rigged. We could talk about the systematic problems where you have to watch over a hundred movies. Most uh, people who are judging it, old white men, only watch the films that are in theaters nearest to them that their children also go see. We could talk about how they just changed the award rules for the animated uh, position where you have to watch ten and then pick four extra and most people who have to do that judging just don't bother and go with something that they've already seen because it's mainstream. Exactly. There's a lot of reasons why these two are in this category and, and any other and, year would have never shown we're, up. We're not even we're like at this moment like I, I wasn't even mention I'm not even coming close to mentioning the animated movies. I'm talking about just regular Oscars like best actor, best picture and stuff like that where people like they're like they get snubbed one year, or they don't get the win. So then the next year they get nominated, and then they have to win for that one. But that's and then why someone else gets snubbed and doesn't win. So then the next, it, like, it just, but that's it's why it's important. Cycle. That's why the animated ones is they're so transparent about their hypocrisy. There's no should have won last year, so we're gonna give them to them this no year. There's no depth in, in animated. There's nothing like that in animated movies. There is no oh we didn't give them to them this year, so now when they do it, they're gonna do it because there are so many studios, and just because Disney wins every year, Disney's not owed anything. If there's a better movie than a Disney movie, it's going to win. That's why it's so strange to have these two nominees in the Oscar category. The first time that a 50% positive review on Rotten Tomatoes movie has made it in. I thought you said... 50%. Okay, yeah. So there there have been a couple low-scoring... The uh, lowest sense then was Shark Tale. Yeah. Way back when there was only DreamWorks and Disney in the Pretty game. Pretty much, yeah. And that's and all we had to go off of before we or, knew that Will that Smith like shouldn't anime. be an animated fish. So, so with all like, um, I remember Book of Life was not on any of the lists, nope. which is just is we're a gonna get travesty. to the ones who were snubbed, but first, no, well, that's that's it. that's years ago. This wasn't last year. That was years ago. Um, no, this year the uh, the the Academy, for whatever fucking reason, has decided to nominate Ferdinand, 
Which I've not heard anything. And that's the thing. Heard is, nothing. Which means no one has seen this movie. Which means every child has seen this movie and uh, children don't yeah. have access to the internet. Yeah. Good. Don't let your children on the internet. Uh, Ferdinand, the bull movie starring John Cena. I love John Cena. I don't know what he's doing in this movie. I don't know why this movie exists. I've seen some things that John Cena has done where he's actually a decent actor. So, And I you know, would kind of expect being in the WWE, you have to have some sort of acting chops to be decent in it. Here's the deal. If you have just John Cena as a bull who doesn't want to fight and the young girl who's trying to keep him safe that's a movie please do not throw in obnoxious farm animal side characters we tried this Kate with Home on the Range is is a is a comedy piece of gold right now and basically anything that she touches is polarizing either it's amazing or it's not and this is one of those ones it's not. It looks like the nut job when you see a trailer. Yes. That is a bad thing. The nut job, like, had funny moments, but it was not a good movie. No. And then they made a sequel out of it. No. It and it's like it's like there's movies that they, they that they do and then they do sequels of that doesn't even deserve the first movie of it. You can tell they're going for heart with Ferdinand. They're doing an original song that's a fun little pop song. It's about this bull and this relationship with this girl. It's on a Charlotte's Web vibe. I get it. I understand why at the beginning stages they decided yes but like so many other movies that are trying to be Disney, you paint by numbers. You say, well, we got to have the comic side characters and we've got to have the misunderstanding trope. And then he's got to prove himself. Yes. And there's got to be some sort of competition. There's got to be some sort of villain. It's like... we got to save the farm. Like We have not... To be clear, we have not seen this movie. No, we are I, judging we, it but, based solely on our own stupid impressions of the trailer. And here's the thing. We probably don't need to see the movie. We don't. The movie, and this, and this, that's the, that's the, the, the problem with Ferdinand is that you've basically seen the movie with the trailer. And I don't mean because of how the trailer is cut. Like, not much of the plot has been delivered, but enough of it has been delivered. You're like, okay, I don't need to watch that. Maybe I'll take my kids to it, but I don't need to watch it. Yeah, you know, I should have asked. My brothers, because I think they went to go see. No. They saw every movie that was in theaters. Now that they have movie pass, well, they're, they're, they're their parents out. Yeah, your parents have movie we, pass. They could but, go see all so, the movies. But yeah, that's the thing is, no one has seen this movie. I'm not seen. Oh, this is a terrible movie. Oh, this is a great yeah. movie. Or oh, hey, it's worth a check. No, out. I just, it's, it's the fact just that there's no there. buzz. The fact that there's no passion or buzz about it is indi- indicative, considering what other movies came out, but that's not the point. The point is, Ferdinand means nothing compared to the other movie, the final movie that got nominated for the animated movie. This this hurts me. This hurts me that this fucking got nominated. The Boss Boss Baby. Baby. What the fuck? The Boss Baby? Why is the Boss... Alec Baldwin making a family-friendly Glengarry Glen Ross reference. Cookies are for closers. Yeah. No. Five-year-old viewers are definitely going to get that reference. Fuck you. <gasps> tell you oh what. Oh, my God. Let's, when I saw that, I was so fucking pissed. Tell you what. Let's warp every child's perception about where babies come from because we're afraid to have the sex talk. No. Let's because instead say. Because the source didn't already do that. Let's instead say that mommy's tummies get big for just some unrelated reason and then mind white babies come in and drop a fully sentient small human in your house. Storks had an interesting concept and delivered on it with interesting characters. Was it the best movie of all time? No. No. Was it funny all the time? No. No. Did it have funny moments? Yes. Yes. Did it have heart at the end? Yes. Yes. Did it make me well up at the end? Yes. That movie, Storks made me like 
at the end of that movie, I, Storks is, if you're gonna spend some time, like, hour and a half to kill, you can watch it. It is not insulting to the art of animation or to the art of movies or to your children. And by the end, by the very end, it got emotional for us in a way that made me appreciate families, motherhood, having children, to have a positive have children message in a movie, I suddenly realized in watching that movie is so rare. Yep. It's just incidental. Or, oh, no, I gotta get along with my brother. Fam- Not about the whole, oh, we have this new human being that we're gonna love now. Yeah, it's so... But that's not what we're talking about. We're no. talking about the boss baby. The the boss baby. The boss baby. Wonder Woman didn't get jack shit, and the boss baby gets nominated for best animated picture. What the actual fuck? Now, we understand that it's just nominated. It doesn't mean it's going to win. But there's in in itself. It got nominated. They Someone out there felt strong enough to say they'll sign off on, yes, the boss baby has been nominated. The boss baby. The boss. Imagine if the Emoji Movie had made this list. You all get close to the anger that we feel for this. Because if the Emoji Movie made it on here, it would have been like, so bad. So bad it's good. Like, we don't understand the youth at all. But the fact that the Boss Baby made it on here, that this movie, not passionately made, competent in the fact that all anime movies today have to be competent to get a release on screen. Like, the screen. animation looks fine. Like, it's it looks fluid. Fine. It looks... Yeah. But that's the thing is, is it's coming from Blue Sky Studios, which has made some... Or wait, are they... No, they're DreamWorks. No, because DreamWorks, DreamWorks has made, made the boss so many greater animation we can give, give Blue Sky shit later, but they did not make the boss baby. No. No, DreamWorks did. And DreamWorks has this way of, like, saying, let's take a concept and completely ruin it by trying to make it marketable. Like, Kung Fu Panda was amazing. Yes. And then Kung Fu Panda 2 was amazing. Kung Fu Panda 3 was good. And it's over-marketed, but it's still good. Yeah, still good. And it shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked. Jack Black as a panda doing Kung Fu should not work. Should not have worked. And it worked. A great villain, two great villains, three decent, or the third villain was decent at least. J.K. Simmons shined in that role. Yeah. But he could carry any role. I mean, that's the point. That's J.K. Simmons. (laughs) But that's the thing. It's like DreamWorks has competent people working for them. They obviously didn't work on fucking Boss Baby. Yeah, where the money went. What, what scheme they oh made to get the Boss Baby filmed. So, I imagine Alec Baldwin storming into the set wearing his Donald Trump makeup saying, we have to make a movie. Gonna make a movie about the Boss Baby. What is it? It's a baby. That's a boss. He's gonna wear a little suit. He's gonna make shakers. Are, are you trying to be Donald Trump? Uh, you know, I got Baldwin lost. I got that lost. Al- that was almost Obama. I got... It did. Oh my God, I'm getting lost in my impressions. So, all right, so we got to wrap up. We're going to wrap up by offering perhaps the Academy uh, an example of a better film that came out this year, equally mass marketable, equally beloved, that you could have nominated instead of The Boss Baby. It it is still so marketable that it probably made more money with all of its promotional things. It'll be marketable to the end of time, guys. Yeah, it's... It, I can almost guarantee it made more money th- with everything else than it was than the actual movie itself. And that's the Lego Batman movie. That has one of the best depictions of Batman I have ever seen. It is my favorite Batman. Not favorite Batman movie. My favorite Batman. It's Will Arnett 
got a depth to that character that should not have been able to have been reached. A funniness. For... A wit. It was... Is he a true Batman? No. Is it canon? No. He's my it Batman. Doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Will Arnett is... Hashtag Will Arnett is my Batman. I love like, this character. I love this role. I love that for the second time in a row, a Lego movie has come out which surprised everybody, which was more than its market, which was more than its toy line. And for the second time, no. No, don't you give them an award. Don't you dare give them an award for elevating the form. That's just that's just marketing in a movie. It's just marketing in a movie. Who's going to buy Boss Baby merchandise, DreamWorks? Who's going to do it? Nobody. You know what people are still going to be buying 20 years from now? Lego stuff. Forever. Infinitum, we shall own Lego bricks. They shall be in every house in America. And they've made... The Lego Ninjago movie, again, and then, was good, I hear. Like, from the trailer, like, I was like, oh, god damn it, and another one, and then I saw the trailer, I'm like, okay, count me intrigued. Again, like, that's <laughs> the thing, if you prove yourself good enough in the first outing, you can make subpar stuff that's still good, that doesn't have to redefine the form every single time. Like, we expect Disney to redefine the form every single time. The Lego Batman movie is so wonderful, it reaches into the depths of of Batman's villain pantheon into weird references that only the super fans will the get. The relationship between Bruce Wayne slash Batman and fucking Alfred. Yes! <laughs> it's great how to deal with your child when he just doesn't listen. And I like, this is great because that's what it is. Batman's just a big baby. <laughs> a boss baby, if you will. Oh my god. Okay. So... If we, you want a movie that made more money, was more critically and audience beloved, perhaps you could actually nominate Lego Batman movie as and opposed I don't to the Boss Baby. That was bigger. That was, it was. more no widely doubt. released than I'm not fucking gonna, Boss Baby. I'm not looking it up. It was bigger. I am without a doubt in my mind. So good job, Oscars. You nominated two movies that absolutely deserved it. One movie that was deserved it and will probably end up winning. Yeah. One movie that really didn't deserve it. And then, finally, a movie that doesn't fucking deserve to even be mentioned in the same word as award. If you like to have Except some fun. if it was Razzie. Oh, yes. Yes, that deserves a Razzie. If you'd like, go on Twitter. They have some wonderful, funny captions about the Boss Baby. Uh, my favorite is how the Boss Baby now has uh, more Oscar nods than uh, The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> so... Breadwinners and Loving Vincent, absolutely check out. Neither of which are really for um, for kids. Um, go see those. Coco is fun. Definitely family friendly. Probably will end up winning. Go see it. Don't waste your time on Ferdinand. And absolutely don't waste your time on Boss Baby. Go by Lego Batman. Your kids will love it. If you want to email us, if you want to talk about your rage at Boss Baby, you can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea, Twitter at Married Number Two The Idea, or Married to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. If you forget any of those, go to our website, marriedtotheidea.weebly.com. Just Google it, you will find us, and all the links are there. We hope that when the Oscars roll around, the movies that truly deserve it get it. We hope that those don't, don't. Uh, and until then... Uh, well, um, 
question that I pose to all the listeners. Until then, our question is... There, is there a different movie that got snubbed this year? Or what is yes. the biggest snub of all time? Besides, like, Lego Movie or Book of Life or something like that. For me, my biggest Oscar snub of all time is Beauty and the Beast not winning the 1991 Best Picture Award. And I go up against The Shining, uh, Silence of the Lambs. It's I so hard. I don't know. That's the problem, though. Again, we give shit to the Academy. At least they're not putting five films in a group that are couldn't be more different in saying, all right, pick one. Yeah. Well, they used to. That's the thing is, is they've gotten better. But even now, they're like, okay, here's one. Five categories. Let's give one to Boss Baby. Oh, my God. So... What what is your snub or what what which movie are you looking forward to winning an award? Are you happy with them or is there a snub that you uh, saw as well? So uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we're gonna do something fun for next week or we're... as opposed to all the other times we don't do things. Fine. Yeah, but uh, until then, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron, and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.